You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check it out. We have all that you need going into the 2023 NFL Draft. I've got a lot of mock drafts. Uh, we have the seven-rounder. We have the first-rounder with trades. i got a three-rounder coming up. We're putting them all together to think about what teams are thinking when they're on the clock here in the first round. And really beyond that, with their team needs and targets for players and what they could do to improve themselves offensively, and uh, tying that into fantasy football for our purposes here on the show. So we looked at picks 1 through 10 on the previous show, the Panthers through the Eagles. We're going to look at the 11th pick, starting with the Titans, and going all the way through the Seahawks on the clock for a second time at number 20. We'll cover those picks here, then we'll close our look at mock draft here with uh, picks 21 through 31 there in the first round as the Dolphins are not picking. That's the one team not picking with their own selection. A lot of teams also out of it in the first round. A lot of teams picking twice as well. So breaking that down all for you and what teams might be thinking, where they might be going. Looking at a particular player that is on the radar, but also examining all their options. So that's what we've been doing here. We'll continue to do that. We'll do that for the middle of the round, we'll do that for the end of the round as well. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a regular here, thanks a lot. You're an everydayer, and we uh, really appreciate you checking out the show here with each episode. All right, it's time to dive right in and look at the Titans. And the Titans have been tied to the quarterbacks as well. They could make an aggressive move for Lamar Jackson. That's on the table as well. So that would involve, no doubt, moving this number 11 overall pick to the Ravens. They've also been looked at with Anthony Richardson, maybe going for his upside, knowing that they could either fall back on Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis this year. And then look at Richardson's upside for next year. They also have been linked to Will Levis out of Kentucky, straight up taking him at number 11, should he slip, and which he has in this particular mock draft outside of the top 10. So Titans could go in many directions here. They are one of the teams that we look at early that really sets the tone here for the first round. The Bears and Eagles before them at number 9 and number 10 also do that as well. The Raiders are a little bit question mark there. So... A little bit of uh, drama once you get past the top five. I mean, still the top five, there's some mystery there. But really getting to positional directions that could be all over the place. The Titans, however, in this particular mock, uh, the seven-rounder I have up right now, one scenario I have them trading for Lamar Jackson. Another one has them just staying with his pick and getting a wide receiver to help Traylon Burks, their first-rounder from last year, who replaced A.J. Brown. This is... A field-stretching big guy on the outside that they could put as they transition to a little bit more of a dynamic passing game downfield. They really don't have a lot without Robert Woods. He went to the Texans. Nick Westbrook-Akine is their next receiver here that they can look at. So, Traylon Burks uh, could use a running buddy here, Quentin Johnston of 
TCU would be that player. He's on the outside, can stretch a field. There'll be some uh, comparisons here made to Corey Davis, a high draft pick of the Titans a few years ago who moved on to the Jets. Didn't ever live up to expectations as a top five pick to make plays downfield. But Johnson is just a speedy playmaker. He can play well off the running game, play action, downfield passing, what the Titans want to do. Get more of a big play element in that passing game, which has been missing. I know they have Chig Okonkwo as well at tight end. I think they could look to round out tight end here and maybe use 12 personnel, but they got to get better just at the straight up two wide receiver sets with Burks here. And if they use the Westbrook Akine in the slot, Johnston could be that guy on the outside. So the Titans stay put. I think quarterback is a definite option here. You look at uh, wide receiver, that's on the board. So a lot of positions definitely here for the Titans. I think the one way that they may not go is defense. I think I could see them go offensive line as well. Even though they did invest in Andre Dillard at left tackle. So, so they have a solution there if they don't go there early and uh, just look to add depth later. So definitely watching the Titans with great interest in number 11. Behind them again is another AFC South team. This is the second time the Texans on the clock at number two. We had them taking either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Really, that's how it plays out with the Panthers and Texans. We don't know the exact order. Right now, it's leaning towards the Panthers taking Young and the Texans landing Stroud. But either way, they need some help with Weaponer here. We talked about John Mechie at wide receiver potentially coming back to be a bigger factor after having his rookie year wiped out, much like Jamison Williams there, his fellow Alabama teammate from the Lions. So you have him, you got Nico Collins, you got now Robert Woods, as we mentioned, moving over from Tennessee. But these guys are not giving you too much here with Nico Collins. So Jordan Addison is a complete receiver. You can line him up all over the field. I think they could also look at Quentin Johnston, but Addison, I think, is more their type of go-to guy. Brandon Cooks, they moved on from him, traded him to the Cowboys. So the Texans definitely could look at that type of receiver that can line up everywhere, make a lot of catches. Addison has a great blueprint and pedigree here from his days both at Pittsburgh and at USC teaming up with Caleb Williams so really like Addison can line up everywhere do little little things right I think he plays faster than he runs and he didn't test all that well at the combine but I still trust in Addison making a lot of plays he could slip a little bit but really it's like last year we didn't expect Drake London to be the first receiver off the board and kind of shook up differently there with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks and how it followed at receiver. But definitely uh, there's going to be preferences, and I think the Texans would be better fitting with Addison here at number 12. All right, the last pick we'll talk about in this segment, the Jets at 13. And we'll see if they can keep this pick with the Aaron Rodgers trade. That's what they're trying to do here. I think there's a good chance they do that, just move future first-round considerations and second-round draft capital here to get him. But if they stay put, they really need to shore up safety a little bit. And uh, Brian Branch would definitely help out of Alabama. He's a safety-nickel hybrid. They're pretty good at the corners here. We know with uh, Sauce Gardner, the reigning rookie of the year. Defensively, you also have uh, DJ Reed who can shore things up here. They're okay at one of the safeties, but could really upgrade the other one here. So when you look at Branch, uh, where Jordan Whitehead plays, I think he gives you that free free safety nickel option here to cover in those type of situations in the slot. So Jets defensively, they could definitely go in that direction. I think they could also look at one of the offensive linemen should uh, one of those guys drop, uh, Peter Skronsky or Paris Johnson Jr. They could also stretch a little bit and get uh, 
Broderick Jones. I, I think it's pretty close between Skaronski, Johnson, Broderick Jones. You have uh, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. There's quite a few offensive tackle value, so that could push a team to go after more of a special player here. So the Jets, when you look at it, the branch would be a big factor in their offense, uh, I mean, defensive scheme here. And also really helping their offense because another playmaker who can uh, make moves on the ball the way that Sauce Gardner can and really feed off that energy. So, again, defense turning into offense for the Jets, also a possibility. Now, Branch is a very tough player to mock in this draft. I think he has a wide range of outcomes, including number 10 to the Eagles, the Jets at 13, the Patriots possibly at 14, the Commanders possibly at 16. But Branch is definitely a special cover player who can uh, really make it tough on offenses. All right, there's a look at three picks, 11 through 13. We're going all the way through number 20 in the first round mock draft I have. And again, not just looking at the picks I've assigned here in my seven rounder, but also where these teams might be going and thinking as it relates to fantasy football here in 2023. It's an exciting time of year with a baseball season in full swing as we work toward the all-star break. It's starting to warm up. We got May, April has been outstanding here with a lot of big plays grand slams no hitters double plays they're all back there's no better place to get it in on the mlb action than with fanduel that's america's number one sports book it's a great time even without uh, nfl action we know the draft is coming up there's futures there because right now new customers can step up to the play with no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars just go to fanduel.com slash locked on Sign up, place your first bet, get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Really, there are all kinds of ways to get in on it. I really enjoy trying to combine, say, something like a Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado home run with my favorite team, the Cardinals, and, okay, we're going to go there and try to get a win or the over-under with the runs. It's a lot of fun to go with that. You can go with a pitcher as well, going over on strikeouts, and uh, you can combine all these things, as I mentioned, build a single-game parlay with your favorite matchup of the day, and a favorite team could be involved as well. If you know that team well, that's a good way to get in on it. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and a proud sponsor here of the Locked On Network. Okay, it is uh, time to continue the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We're going to continue looking at the first round of my mock draft. We're up to pick number 14. Again, we're doing this over three shows here. We're doing 11 through 20 today. We did a 1 through 10 yesterday. We'll follow up with 21 through 31 on the next show here. So thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available. Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcast. You're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. The Patriots on the clock, they could uh, think about a wide receiver here as well. They went out and got Juju Smith-Schuster, and they also got Mike Gusecki at tight end. Don't forget about that. Another key target there to play off Hunter Henry and what they had with Devontae Parker. So the Patriots, I think, could be thinking defense here. They did have uh, Devin McCourty finally hang it up here, but they could use some cornerback help with Jonathan Jones getting re-signed here, especially on the outside. So Joey Porter Jr. sounds weird. A Steelers rival son here on Penn State, but I think it would fit really well here in the secondary. Nice size, can make big plays, could be their new Stephon Gilmore in coverage here. So the Patriots thinking defensively, I think first, now that they got Juju, they got to Gusecki, they can a little focus more on 
defense, I think at some point they'll be in the market for a running back as well. We talked about that. Ramondre Stevenson is not going to carry the load fully without Damian Harris now signing with the Bills. They're going to look for that back that can compete and cut into the touches there. I just don't think it's going to come at 14. It's a little bit heavy price to pay for Bijan Robinson or Jameer Gibbs there for the Patriots to go luxury with their offense. And number 15, this pick has been circled for quite some time right now. With uh, Jordan Love uh, looming as the starting quarterback, Michael Mayer, the tight end of Notre Dame, makes a lot of sense. Robert Tunyon is gone. He signed with the rival Bears, who are running the same type of offense. You also have Mercedes Lewis, who's uh, been too old here. He's uh, been very venerable and blocked well for them, but they need to move on with a complete guy that can really help your young quarterback. you got the weapons so far that you can build on with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. You'll look for another receiver as well later in the draft. But Michael Mayer makes a lot of sense. Big tie down out of Notre Dame. Can be a game changer's position. Really help Jordan Love and a key part of this offense with Matt LaFleur. All right. Let's go to the Commanders. And uh, they need to get some defense. So Devin Witherspoon seems like a lined-up pick. Joey Porter Jr. is also on the radar as well as Brian Branch. But they need somebody here that can shore up the secondary, especially at corner. They've had some failures there. They need to cover better on the back end. And Witherspoon out of Illinois has really risen up the boards. I think it's tough to say between him and Joey Porter and uh, Cam Smith out of South Carolina and Keely Ringo out of Georgia. Who's the best corner overall? I think, again, it's like the wide receivers. What flavor fits your defense well? And Witherspoon, I think, is a very good fit for what they want to do with Ron Rivera and just shore up that coverage and really help against some tougher receivers in the NFC East, including C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, getting some guys that can contain those guys with some help is going to be pretty key here. So, Commanders, I have taken Devin Witherspoon. And they still could think about quarterback here. Well, Will Levis is not out of the picture for the Commanders. I think they're loaded at wide receiver now with uh, Jahan Dotson, last year's first-round pick, as well as Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. Tight end is also an option should Michael Mayer drop to 16. I think they could also be on the radar for the depth of that position later in this draft. So Witherspoon would line up well with the commander's needs. And finally, the Steelers are going to be in the market for a tackle. I'm not sure Broderick Jones is going to last on the board for them now at 17, but there's going to be options between him, Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, if they want to go Darnell Wright, if uh, somehow there's a run on offense tackles, Dewan Jones a little bit later. Here they pick early in the second round as well from that Chase Claypool trade with the Bears. So they've got a lot of options to upgrade offensive line here, but really need to get that left tackle short up But where Dan Moore Jr. really struggled in front of Kenny Pickett. you got a second-year quarterback, go short up that protection, get a little bit better in run blocking for Najee Harris as well. Broderick Jones is the means to both ends here for the Steelers. I think when you look at Broderick Jones, Skaronsky, then the pure left tackle types, Paris Johnson might be a dominant to right guard or right tackle there. So when you look at Jones, I think he would fit well, be a cornerstone there. Be a fixture and push the Steelers' offense forward with their skilled players. So hopefully the Steelers can shore up their offense Why they did invest in Isaac Samalo, the former Eagles' top guard in free agency. All right, there you have a look at picks uh, 14 through 17. We'll close looking at 18 through 20 here, the first round of my latest mock draft, the seventh rounder, as well as thinking what teams be thinking went on the clock here on april 27th can't believe it's only a week from thursday we'll have the draft go down here thanks for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day really 
Thankfully, if you're an everydayer, that means you come in and check us out every day. We really appreciate you listening. And if you're new to the show, hopefully you'll become an everydayer too. And again, in the next episode, we will definitely look at the end of the mock draft, picks 21 through 31 here as we prep you. Then what we'll do also is look at some prospects beyond that here to close the week. So some good stuff. So look at the first round, but then look at some intriguing players there that we're going to have eyes on. So it'll be fun. We'll break down some sleepers here for day two and day three for you uh, in our final two shows a week. So good stuff. Uh, Talking a lot of draft, of course, with the draft coming up next week. All right, it's time to close the show here on Locked on Fantasy Football and break down picks 18 through 20 of my mock drafting. And 21 through 31 will be covered tomorrow. If you missed 1 through 10, that show is up as well in our archives. All right, we're looking at the number 18. I think the running back seal could be broken here by the Lions with Bijan Robinson. There's a lot of talk by the Lions going in this direction. I know they signed David Montgomery to replace Jamal Williams who signed with the Saints, uh, Montgomery coming over from the Bears. They already have DeAndre Swift, but they went in with this process of free agency to draft, worry about DeAndre Swift's durability, and that's been a real concern. So they could really go for a complete back here. Bijan Robinson is the guy. He's a transcendent potential back. Jameer Gibbs is also pretty good, but I think there's a little mini separation between Robinson and Gibbs. Gibbs is on a tier by himself next and should go later in the first round. Hint, hint. But you look at... Uh, Bijan in the Lions, I mean, this guy could dominate out of the gate as an RB1. The offensive line's fantastic. The passing game support is great. This defense is improving. So everything's lining up for Bijan. He can also catch passes. So if he goes to the Lions, smash it, lock it in, he's an RB1. We said this is the best fit for him as a fantasy running back just because everything is so loaded with the Lions, so believe it or not. So really like Bijan here in Detroit, really putting up the big, big numbers. Number 19, this is a good way to end this uh, part of the mock draft because we got skill players galore here. The Buccaneers, Will Levis, we haven't heard his name. They're thinking about trading up for him as well. We know their battle currently for starting quarterback after Tom Brady is Kyle Trask versus Baker Mayfield. So there's definitely an opening to look at quarterback. How much do they like Will Levis, especially if he drops? There's a potential they can move up to 13, as high as that, to jump in behind the Titans or Texans or there to get a quarterback should Will Levis still be on the board. So you look at him, pocket passer, big arm. That's what they have, right? Mike Evans and the Chris Godwin. They got the receivers. They got the running game mentality here with Dave Canales, who's going to follow some of the concepts that they had in Seattle with Geno Smith. Primarily pocket passer with some running ability. So Levis kind of can parallel that. So again, you look for copycats and trends there and styles of offense, and you're going to open the door for some possibilities. But Definitely look at it, Will Levis. Uh, having that big arm, I think the biggest thing is can he harness it to be more accurate, be consistent. His completion percentage, much like uh, Josh Allen, has been much of a concern in college that he is not a guy that has had a lot of accuracy. So can you sit him? Well, now you can when you have Mayfield and Trask potentially providing a bridge here. Bucks don't expect to win big, obviously, post-Brady. So there's a year of transition that they can accept here with Will Levis if they want to go in that direction or Mayfield and take the lumps and just look at next year's draft. If they're really bad, then they can uh, be in position to get Caleb Williams there or uh, Drake May as well. Those are the two top quarterbacks, uh, May out of uh, North Carolina. So you have Drake May and uh, Caleb Williams looking like real prospects here at the top of next year's class. So that's a question. Do you just table that if you're the Bucks, realize, okay, we're going there? Or do you say that Levis is good to get on program now with a rookie contract? Hopefully by year two, he'll be ready to go. We can load up 
around him. They were not investing a lot in quarterback between Trask, Mayfield, and Levis. So something definitely the Buccaneers can look at for sure. They could also think about a running back. Rashad White is their lead back, but does Dave Canales trust him? Last year they did draft Kenneth Walker in Seattle while he was there as part of that offensive staff. So do the Bucks think about that? And Jameer Gibbs being a lead back here or Robinson, should he still be on the board here? So a lot of things the Bucks can think about. They could also think about a third receiver, Jackson Smith and Njigba, to help Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We know they haven't been the same since the Antonio Brown debacle. Scotty Miller's no longer there. They moved on from Brashad Perryman. They moved on, we know, from Jalen Darden and Tyler Johnson. So they need to maybe restock a little bit their shelves at wide receiver there. Russell Gage has been okay, but I think you can look at uh, potentially a replacement there that you load up on Julio Jones also Flash in the pan there, but a little too old. So, again, receiver, running back, they're going to be on the radar. But quarterback most here for the Bucks should Will Levis be available. Finally, the number 20 pick, the Seahawks can go in many different directions. They can double up on defense. We had them uh, looking at Jalen Carter early. They could look at Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, go after the next defensive tackle or edge rusher at this spot at number 20. But I also think they need a third receiver as they make a little bit of transition with Geno Smith. So that would be better, I think. Their tight end sets are okay, but I think it would be helpful to have that third receiver that isn't D. Eskridge behind uh, D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So you're looking at Jackson Smith and Ajigba at uh, 20, potentially, for the Seahawks. That would be a good addition, good stash there. You can initially work the slot. At this point, Metcalf and Lockett are outside receivers, so... Smith Najigba would have some good value. I don't know if it would be immediate for the Seahawks because he'd be fighting for targets with those two guys, and I'm not sure this is going to be a high-volume passing game given the strength of Kenneth Walker and their offensive line, so something to think about there. But it's not necessarily the best landing spot. I think go the Patriots would be a little bit better for him, for sure. So the Seahawks, however, could uh, stash him with the two picks here and think about Geno Smith and the future quarterback and making sure they're all sewed up here with wide receiver targets. There you have it. There's a breakdown here of picks 11 through 20 of my latest uh, first-round mock draft for Sporting News. This is my seven-rounder. We do have first-round with trades. I have a third-rounder coming up. So all kinds of updates. Uh, check out SportingNews.com for that. Check out Locked on Fantasy Football in our archives for more good content here on the draft and uh, the offseason. Thanks for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first one every day. Every day, you guys... And gals, uh, we're really uh, happy that you're coming in and checking out our show every day. We're going to break down 21 through 31 of our mock draft on the next show. So good stuff coming up. Again, we'll also look at some sleepers to target that might have some fantasy football value from the offensive skill positions drafted on day two and day three, rounds two through seven. Again, for Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll check you out tomorrow with the rest of our first-round mock draft.